What is it in God's creation that captivates you? What reminds you that he is in control? Think about this with me. For me, I immediately think of the vacation with my family in Colorado. Three, count them three, rainbows one afternoon. draws you to the intricacy, the beauty of God's creation. Those rainbows appearing at the same moment following the afternoon rain showers, the sun came out once more in a high mountain valley. Or think of this. For a few years, my wife would hang a hand-blown green glass hummingbird feeder. She carefully mixed the nectar, and yet few hummingbirds ever came until this year. She read the tiny birds that hum are more attracted to the plain old red and yellow plastic feeders. The first day, they started coming. Three feeders together now. Entire charms arrive now every day. Lift your eyes to the mountains. Our help comes from the Lord, and so does his beauty. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we start a weekend together. And we're on a final program called Heaven on Earth. I would not be surprised if many of you were humming along to that special song sung by Judy Garland. It's from the 1939 classic film, The Wizard of Oz, Over the Rainbow. It's a hopeful song, but it's also a song filled with yearning. And we can all relate, right? In many ways, we're living in a black and white world that's a mere shadow of what it once was. And every human being on the face of the earth groans for something better. For a place way up high where bluebirds fly and the skies are blue and troubles melt like lemon drops. All this week, we've been thinking about heaven. And I found it very encouraging for my own soul. There's a worldly vision of heaven, a place that sounds like it's just over the rainbow where we'll never struggle again. But the Bible teaches us that it is so much more than that. And it's not just a place of wishful thinking to help us through this life. It's very real. And one day it'll come to this world when Jesus makes it new. But until then, we groan with all the rest of creation to see that day come. Stay with me. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8 that speaks about this subject and how the home of heaven to be with the Lord is what will see us through all these shadow lands. We'll also be joined by Elise Fitzpatrick, who's written a wonderful book on the subject of heaven that's filled my heart with joy. It's called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. This book will help you see and feel what the Bible really teaches about heaven and the afterlife. Elise is a gifted communicator, and she'll help you and me better understand that heaven will not be a boring place with just white cumulus clouds. Rather, it is the most alive and stunning reality we'll ever experience, forever. I know that reading this book will thrill your heart and fill you with great joy. Would you call us after the program? Would you make a 
gift to the ministry as we start this weekend together? But would you also ask for a copy of Home by Elise Fitzpatrick? The number you can call is 800 654 2836-800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org and make your gift there. Our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And just before we hear our first song, we still have the Risen DVD for your gift to the ministry. What will a Roman soldier do when he sees the man he helped to crucify alive once again? It's inspiring a film for both believer and skeptic. I highly recommend Risen for you to enjoy and open doors for discussion about our risen Lord. And now let's open the program with a former worship pastor in Southern California. That's where I first met him, but he now lives in his home state of New Mexico. Here's Fernando Ortega leading us to worship. Blessed is the man who walks in your favor. Who loves all your words And hides them like treasure In the darkest place Of his desperate heart They are a light A strong, sure light Sometimes I call out your not there by my sorrows Lord lift me to you lift me up to your side Lord of against me No one can trouble or harm me If you are my strength All I ask All I desire Is to live in your house Keeper of all the stars 
Bernard George Hagen, the Lord of Eternity, here on a haven today called Heaven on Earth. I'm Charles Morris. It is an inconvenient truth, but it is true. Suffering is the common denominator of life in our world. The late Paul Sandberg, he was a member of the Haven of Rest Quartet, told me once, pass nine people on the street and they have a broken heart and they're suffering. But the tenth person passing you by, you just haven't heard their story yet. Well, I think that's quite true. Life in our fallen world can be painful and cruel. And yes, some people experience more of that cruelty than others, and some people are actively cruel, but suffering is a shared narrative. Just this week, I've been reminded of how fragile we are, how quickly disease or tragedy can turn our lives upside down. It's knowing our fragility that makes verses like Proverbs 16:20 come to life. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. We cannot look to the world or the people in it to rescue us once and for all. People will let us down. Even our closest friends and family will fail us at some point or another. They cannot bring us total satisfaction. Material wealth cannot heal the scars that we have developed through the years. Experiences can't take away the pains that we have suffered. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. It was St. Augustine who lived in the 400s A.D. and whose writings still influence us today, who said, Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. That is absolutely true. I lived a full life, so I thought, away from the Lord. I enjoyed a fair bit of success. I was making a name for myself, I thought. I was traveling the world, but I was always missing something. I learned in Sunday school as a child that Jesus was all I needed, but my heart refused to rest in him. It was only when I submitted my life to Christ that I felt I had truly come home. We were made for him, to know him and love him. Our home and where we belong is all with him. Our life in this world makes us long for a better world. It drives us to the Lord, as it did for me in my 20s, and it makes us wait eagerly for the new world. Let's join Elise Fitzpatrick again, the author of Home, who has thought and written a lot about heaven and how our world makes us long for Christ. I think that generally we haven't let our imaginations get fired up at all about what heaven is going to be like or what the afterlife is going to be like. And so what generally what people think is, well, basically what the afterlife will be like is floating on a cloud with a harp, maybe not quite that cartoonish, but sort of floating around and spending our eternity in a worship service in at church. And listen, Charles, you know me. <laughs> I love church. I've been going to church really every Sunday. Well, even virtually <laughs> yes. for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love church, which I do, if that's eternity, then mm, not so sure. Not that I don't love church, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's what the new heavens and the new earth are going to be like. And I think it's important for Christians to understand that really there are two stages of the afterlife, which generally speaking, people don't understand. And so 
when we talk about where we go when we die, and then what happens when Jesus returns, those are two different things. Mm. And I think it's important for people to understand the difference because what happens when Jesus returns is going to be so much better (laughs) than uh, we can even imagine. When Christ returns, the new world will be far better than anything we can imagine. That was Elise Fitzpatrick, the author of the book called Home. And I'm Charles Morris on Haven Today and a program called Heaven on Earth. If you belong to Jesus, you belong to his kingdom. And that means you have become a citizen of heaven, a citizen of his kingdom. We live life in two worlds, and each day we long for the new world to come. And actually, each day, the creation itself longs for that day. The Apostle Paul understood that, and Romans 8 tells us exactly what it means. Listen to Paul discuss our longing for heaven in Romans chapter 8. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Read this again for yourself. I'm reading from Romans 8, started at verse 17. And now here's verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Now that is a passage worth underlining. And it tells us about the glory in our future. In fact, you could underline all of Romans chapter 8. If you belong to Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in your heart, and he's made you an heir a co-heir with Christ of the new heavens and the new earth. You have been set free from sin, and you have a glorious inheritance waiting for you, a new home, a place where sin and suffering are nowhere to be found. Yes, we are still groaning. All creation groans. Creation, though, is groaning for two reasons. And when Christ finally returns, he will change us in a moment. We will be like him. Our bodies will be like his perfect and glorified, brand new. Creation itself longs to witness the glory that we will share with Christ. It's like what he described as he came to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. The rocks would cry out in praise. Creation wants to see what we will become. But there's another reason. Creation longs to be free. Ever since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and plunged the world into sin, creation itself has been broken, subjected to frustration, as Paul put it, in bondage to decay. And just like we long to be free from sin and corruption, creation longs to be free from decay and frustration. Creation is groaning. We're groaning as we look ahead to our home to come. 
Heaven is not just about flying away and escaping this world as much as we'd like to escape the suffering of our lives even now. Heaven is about renewal and redemption. All things will be made new. And for those of us in Christ, this gives us a tremendous hope. The Lord will not leave us in our pain. He's going to redeem us. Our bodies fail us now, but he's preparing a glorious body that will never fail. Still today, sin frustrates us and leads us on a path of death and decay. But he will vanquish that enemy once and for all when he returns. And the wonderful news, he's already begun. The Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. The Spirit that gives us hope. The Spirit that brings our groanings and our prayers before our Father in heaven, especially those prayers that come out of our suffering. He is producing his fruit in us. The Spirit is making heaven known through us as we grow in the Lord. It reminds me of a story of two old missionaries. They had spent most of their lives preaching the gospel in remote villages in Africa and Asia. They had left their families back in America so that they could serve the Lord. Over 20 years, they both spent overseas with limited contact. But they were witnessing the Lord change hearts and lives. People were coming to faith, and they were blessed themselves. And then came the time for both to go home. They sent letters months in advance, but none of their family was able to make the trip to meet them when they flew home. Of course, they didn't know that until they stepped off of airplanes and walked through customs and gathered up their bags and walked outside. No one was there. No family reunions. No hugs and kisses. No tears of joy. But for them, tears of sadness as they realized no one had come to meet them after such a long time away. But then as they got into a taxi, the husband turned to his wife and lamented, We've been away. For so long, but no one could come meet us when we finally came home. And his wife, with tears in her eyes, looked back at him and spoke four words We're not home yet. She understood that only heaven is our true home. And while we live our lives in this world, pain and disappointment are sure to follow. We're not home yet, but in Jesus we belong, and He will surely meet us there. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? creation groaning is a new creation coming is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst is it good that we remind ourselves of Is 
Resurrection Letters, Volume 1 album. That's Andrew Peterson, Is He Worthy on Haven Today? And our final program in a series called Heaven on Earth. I wonder how many times that you have felt all alone in your life. Far more times than you could probably count. We all feel a longing for something more, something that makes us feel like we belong. This longing is no small thing to be brushed off and forgotten. It's a guidepost, letting us know that we were made for another world. Earth, this earth today, is not our home, but it is close. What we long for is the new earth, the place that God is preparing for our eternity with him. And that's why I want you to read Elise Fitzpatrick's book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. Elise explores heaven and the afterlife, 
demonstrating that our final destination is not a dull, featureless space high up in the clouds somewhere, but rather a perfected Earth. It's a real physical place where we will get to explore with real resurrected bodies, a place of beauty and wonder, finally free of all death and decay, but also full of true worship. I know this book will give you great encouragement and hope as we yearn for Christ and the new world that he will one day remake. Would you call us right now and make your gift to Haven today, but ask for your copy of Home by Lise Fitzpatrick? Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org. You can make your gift there and ask for the book called Home. Our website, again, is haventoday.org. And just as we have to go, we still have DVD copies of the feature film Risen. This entertaining yet faith-inspiring film of a Roman soldier on a mission to discover whether Jesus really did rise from the dead or not is a must-watch for you. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Three little brothers loved playing in their basement. After all, that's where Mama and Papa kept all the old toys. Every day they'd go down to play, but down there in the basement, there was also soot from the furnace and lots of it. These three little boys couldn't resist, but before they could come back upstairs, they needed to be clean. This is what David reflected on in Psalm 15. Who can dwell in the Lord's presence? Only one who is clean with a blameless walk. In other words, no one. But just like those three little boys, we have to be cleaned, washed white in the blood. Then we can, and we will, dwell with the Lord forever. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.